Hello, hello, and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, awaken the consciousness. And um, I didn't do a live show last week. I was off doing some stuff with uh, family. And uh, I just want to say Happy New Year to everybody. And also happy birthday to Mr. Benny Mathers, who is here in in heart and spirit and uh, not with his voice. But anyway, I send all my love out to you, Benny. You are the best. You are the absolute best. And woohoo, you're a Capricorn. Some of my favorite people are Capricorns. In fact, a whole lot of them of my favorite people are Capricorns. It's so interesting. Um, People always ask me, no, I'm not a Capricorn, but my moon is in Capricorn. And that makes me emotionally uh, 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 that geared that way. And also that's where my, I always give Capricorn my, uh, the credit for my hard work ethic. So I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. There's so much going on. I, oof, that winter solstice brought in all kinds of energy. And of course, today, I'll talk about it in a minute. Today is a very Capricornish day also. Uh, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for a long time, years and years and years. You can find me at ReikiOasis.com. And also, I my monthly class for women is called Temple of the Divine Feminine. It will be at the last Saturday of this month because I have the honor of officiating a wedding on the third Saturday, which is where we usually have it. So fun times coming up. So welcome to the second week of January. 2024 is a number eight year, and the number eight represents power and strength. Ooh. So we're going to have to step up our game and unlock a new level of power and inner strength. Number eight is also highly karmic, which means that whatever is destined for us will find its way to us with greater ease in 2024. And sometimes when I say stuff like that, people are like, what is something bad going to happen? I do not know why. (laughs) People always think change is bad. This is, it's not bad. It's good. It's going in the right direction. You know, sometimes we have to, you know, remodel, right? Our manifestation efforts will also be supercharged this year. So if you've been working hard to create something, this is the year you could see it come to fruition. Your wildest dreams are possible in 2024. And I think the last time I was on the show, show, Benny said more in 2024. And that's become my motto for the year. So along with this incredible number eight vibration, January also brings us zero major planets in retrograde. In other words, all planets are green, green, go, 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 direct, direct, direct. This is time. Take advantage of this to get things done. A lot of people are feeling a wave of energy or a desire to declutter, or they've got to shift up their relationships or their job or something's going on and take advantage of this. And uh, we will need to wait till the end of the month to really start feeling this, but we're, we're moving forward on in that direction. Uh, We also need to watch the planet Mars this year. Mars, that fiery planet. Uh, Currently, it is in Capricorn, which may have us feeling disciplined and determined to get things done. This is a great energy to use to create longevity around our goals. And if there's something you want to commit to this year or even this month, then begin right now with Mars in Capricorn. So it will help you to stay the course. Along with being a very motivating energy, pay attention to the subtler frequencies at this time. Mars will be going retrograde later in the year and its journey over the coming months through Capricorn and through Aquarius will give us clues as to what themes the retrogrades may bring our way. And then today, January 11, do, 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 the first new moon, woohoo, the new moon of the year 2024 occurs on the day 1-11. Yep. January 11th, 111 is a portal. The 111 portal represents a new and redirected energy, helping us to view our lives from a different perspective. Both the sun and the moon are in Capricorn. They're they're working together. When does that ever happen, right? And the sign is all about discipline, structure, and order. It is a sign for us to break out of the patterns of the past, explore new ways of being, doing, living, and create new patterns. New moons bring new patterns 
And with this portal, it's even more powerful. And we're finally going to be able to take that action. Like I said, we've also got Mars and Capricorn. Action, action. So between 1-1 and 1-11, you might just think, what just, what just happened the first little bit of the year? What, what's going on? Just, just take a breath. Just take a look. Sometimes we just ponder these things. We don't have to know all the answers. And uh, use this time. You are today. You're definitely going to be receiving downloads, light codes. And like I said, it's new, new, new. It's a great day to set new intentions. The Capricorn New Moon offers beautiful energy for the year ahead. And I have really been sitting down and putting out some different goals. I've got some things I want to do that are going in a little bit of a different direction. So think about it, write it down, put it into action. Pluto, Pluto is very active under the new moon. And uh, we've also need to really be watching Pluto. Pluto's up to things right now. Pluto is the sometimes <laughs> the lord of the underworld <laughs> the the god of transformation pluto that little planet out there that's actually a planet sometimes gets demoted and then put back in into place has been kind of hammering on some people and pluto can bring in a high wave of transformational energy it's going to help us shake off the energies of 2023 and fully open to receive what's coming up in 2024 and be aware that pluto has been dancing between Capricorn and Aquarius. And on January 20th, it will move into Aquarius until September. And this is setting us up for a brand new era over the coming decades, because Pluto will be in this position in the next 20 years. Not only is it in a position that it is um, rocking and rolling in the political scene, especially our uh, the USA, which is in the Pluto return, um, but over the decades, Pluto in Aquarius will help us usher in a digital digital age with a whole lot of technology becoming a greater part of our lives because that's what Aquarius, new thought, new wind, new mind is doing. And while the world of technology is going to receive a boost of power, there's also going to be power struggles and a greater push for balance, transparency, and decentralization when it comes to technology and how much it controls. Pluto in Aquarius is also guiding us to become better humanitarians and to think about the greater good of our fellow citizens and the planet. Boy, we really need that. My guest is going to jump right into that in a moment. Aquarius holds a very healing energy that can help to inspire understanding and oneness not just in 2024, but in the years that follow. And on the tail end of that, wow, take a deep breath because, you know, I try to gather little bits of information about astrology and give it to you. Some people go, oh, the astrology report, oh, let's just skip that point. But it's really just the cosmic weather. And sometimes when we have a little bit of an idea of what's going on out there, we can actually go stronger into ourselves. We are always greater than the external events, but we do live in a sea of energy that can throw us around if we have not figured out how to have that inner resilience and the knowingness of who we truly are. So I have a wonderful guest today. I'm excited to have him come on. Scott Stabile is the author of Enough As You Are and a previous book, Big Love, The Power of Living with a Wide Open Heart. Was a loner. That was fighting words right there. He's a passionate love advocate who believes there's no force more powerful than love to create real connection and healing in our world. Scott guides transformational breathwork journeys and he leads personal empowerment workshops internationally. His inspirational posts have attracted a huge dedicated social media audience of more than 350,000 Facebook fans, including yours truly. And, and Scott has quite the history and we're going to bring him on. Anyway, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for your patience during all that astrology. Oh, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. I was listening to you, Loretta, and I'm like, Ooh. we're we're ushering in more technology. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> what would that look like? What could that look like? I don't know. Um, I sit with that all the time and you know, there is a fine line in, in my awareness between organic, we are 
organic living breathing beings and sometimes i see where this ai is going and i'm like man they make it look like you're talking to a person and you know we we have that thing where we turn everything into uh, a person even a toaster is a person right (laughs) you know but uh i'm always very hopeful i i really mean this uh i do think that we are being called to become more active in what it is that's being developed and this talk with you about love and and whatever it is that comes out of our our beautiful connection this morning i think it really plays a a big piece into it um you know whenever we're we're talking about the difference between the mind and the heart Mm -hmm. the mind and the heart we have been living very mind centered sure and interestingly enough that aquarius you know is an air sign it's the most evolved of the air signs and so it's it is about new thought, a new way of being, right? And we're coming out of the age of Pisces, which is water, emotion, water, 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 you know, don't drown in your emotions. And a lot of exploration about, you know, can we even face our emotions? Do we know how to feel them? You know, now what? And you and I both know and, and I have no idea where all this is coming from. It's part of the show. You and I both know that when we have thoughts about our feelings, just like air going over water, because Aquarius is air, that we either have the ability to freeze that, we can thaw it, we can evaporate it. Mm-hmm. And so Aquarius is an alchemy. We're going to be taking everything we've gone through uh, individually and collectively and we're being um, uh, directed to really step into that wisdom and to to change this now. So with that kind of background in there, right, with that background in there, I really want to bring you in. So you say that you are a love advocate. What is that? And where did that what come is from? That? <laughs> You know, it was actually love, love activist was the initial activist. thing. That, yeah, but no, I know that Kim in sending you that wrote advocate. For me, you know, Loretta, I was always a person who couldn't um, ever describe what it was I did whenever anyone asked me, so what do you do for a living? And I would stutter through some response. I do some writing, I do some of this, I do some of that. And then for the first book, Big Love, I was... Uh, incredibly surprised and delighted to get a blurb from Glennon Doyle, who's a writer I admire greatly. And she referred to me as a love activist in this blurb. And I thought, that's actually a title I can own. Like that feels like it speaks to what I do, which is I make a lot of noise for the power of love in our lives. And I believe in love more than I believe in anything as our most potent healer. And without it, we don't heal, right? Like we create a lot of change. There are a lot of powerful change agents in the world. Anger is an extraordinary change Mm. agent and an important one, but anger left on its own is going to create change that ultimately leads us back to a state of division and war. And unless foundationally there is love with whatever it is, whatever else we're doing, we're not going to heal anything. We're just going to keep reliving everything over and over. And and this is to what you're speaking to. It's like even our relationship with technology, our relationship with everything. It's like, what are we as individuals bringing to that relationship? What are we as a collective bringing to that relationship? And if we're centered in our hearts, in the way that we move forward and interact with technology and with each other, what we're going to create is something much more beautiful than if we stay centered in our minds in technology and in our relationship with each other as we're seeing right it doesn't i don't really have to it's it's funny i think we all know i believe we all experience love and when i speak about love i'm just speaking of energy For me, love is energy. It's an energy that's alive within us, outside of us. It's everywhere. And it is always within our power to choose to play with this energy, to speak from this energy, to act in alignment with this energy. And in my experience of being human, everyone, more than anything else, wants to receive love, 
and to give love. It is the most fulfilling experience we have as human beings. And yet we are constantly justifying not loving, not forgiving, not being compassionate, not being empathetic, not being kind, all of these you know, actions of love. And it, it makes no intuitive sense or rational sense. Yeah, so. yeah. I I love uh, what you do and I, I love what you're saying so much. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right, an agent of change. So yeah, anger, yeah, fear, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, division, isolation, you know, um, I've seen a lot of that going on around the planet. And I, I have a sense that people are thirsty, very thirsty for what you're saying. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think people are desperately thirsty for love in general. That's never going to change. It's one of our most innate calls is to align with this energy, this yeah. heart-centered energy, even though... <laughs> We, we tend to abide by the fears and insecurities of our mind and the stories that our minds create. That call within to love more deeply does not ever leave us, right? And, and to what you're saying, I think we're seeing that more people are responding to that call, are opening their hearts to that call. And at the same time, I think that in my lived experience, when I'm centered in my heart, my mind freaks out. My mind wants to be in control <laughs> at all costs, and it will do anything to stay in control. And so part of the experience we're seeing in the world is as more people are waking up to the power of love and to being in alignment in a deeper way, the, the powers that are in opposition to that are being more vocal, more intense. And so it it feels more insane than ever, at least in my life. It, it feels like we continue to build to this point where it feels like more division, more insanity, more conflict, more war. And one, I think that that is in part because we're also made more aware of everything that's happening on the planet in a way we weren't yeah. because of technology. So everything yeah. feels much more intense. Yeah. And also I think it is a reaction to a very real awakening that is happening in a lot of people who are just saying no more. These systems are not foundationally rooted in anything I want a part of. They're corrupt. They're toxic. They're filled with hate. They're, they're, they're founded on fear. And more people are like, no, I will not play in this yeah. arena anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, um, everything that you're saying is is spot on it's it's really interesting to me i had a um session with someone uh, the other day and we were doing a lot of talking about love and you know what is love and how how do you really get to you know people are always like oh you know live in your heart you know do 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 and yeah. and airy fairies and it's like no it's actually um I want to say it's tough or it's challenging. Maybe yeah. those are not the right words. To me, it's the very best thing to try to go after. But even the idea of self-love, like how do we love the self and how do we love the self more? I, I would love to answer that. Yeah, <laughs> from my, I would from love my... for you to answer that. <laughs> From my perspective, I, 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 I want you to answer, but I'm giggling going, I wonder how many times we can say love in the show. We could just... <laughs> Get it out right. There. And okay. I think I, I do think that conversations about love for some, it can feel airy fairy and too woo woo. And I really want to just emphasize that I see it as the most grounded choice we can make. And also to what you were saying, oftentimes the toughest choice we can make. If someone's in your face disrespecting you, calling your names, not acting kind at all, it is not easy to stay centered in a compassionate place. Because for me, what I see love is, is the umbrella energy that supports compassion, kindness, forgiveness. They're all expressions of love. So I use those things kind of interchangeably. But that energy 
is how how I believe we are born as loving, peaceful beings. Like there is no resistance to the energy of love within us until we start to be we start to learn through conditioning of those who take care of us and our coworkers and governments and PR firms that we have to act a certain way, we have to look a certain way, we have to love a certain way, or there's something wrong with us. And so as soon as we start to take on and internalize this conditioning, a rift happens between our inner knowing, our, our clear, authentic way of being, which is aligned in my experience with the energy of love, and the conditioned way of being. So one of the ways we love ourselves, to get to your question, I believe, is to start getting more honest with ourselves and look at the ways in which we're showing up that are aligned with a conditioned response versus an authentic response. And as much as possible, start steering ourselves and our lives into the more authentic way of being and start eliminating the responses that don't feel true or may never have felt true to who we are into what what we feel called for in this life. Does that make sense? Very much so. I was thinking when you were talking that uh, so many people are, uh, or they follow a certain narrative, I'll say, whatever that narrative yeah. might be, and they and they get kind of pulled into that circle or that group, and and pretty soon they're saying things, and I, I sometimes stop them and I go, do you really feel that way? Do yeah. you really believe that? Is that really how you want to treat those people? And often it will draw them up short because there's a lot to this, like, do we have to belong to a group that goes in this direction? Could we be those love activists and say, you know what, I am, I am not going to do it that way. I am going to do it this way. And because that is what I'm being heart, heart led to do. It's, it's who I am, right? Absolutely. And I have to yeah. say, hundreds of times, I have been the person who has just regurgitating what the group has been saying, not checking in with myself and more so in the past. I mean, I'm getting much more vigilant about the stuff that's coming out of my mouth and and much more committed to only participating in in groups or tribes or organizations that foundationally are rooted in love. I am no longer interested, even if people share the same convictions that I share, if they're not able to express them from a place of compassion and hold their hearts open to other people, even those who whose actions they might not even agree with or even abhor, I am not interested in dehumanizing anyone. Yeah. I, the When I'm in my heart, the call is always the same. The invitation is always the same. And that is just love. And then when I'm in my mind, I'm, I'm talking to my heart, like even that person, of course, even that person, <laughs> everyone. And, and first and foremost, yourself. So another way we can love ourselves, because I meet a lot of people who tell me they don't, they've never known how to love themselves. And, and one thing I'd like to invite people to consider is the actions they're taking throughout the course of a, a typical day that actually reflect self-love that they take entirely for granted. And we all do this, like brushing your teeth, preparing meals for yourself, putting on clothing that makes you feel good. These are all very specific acts of self-love and self-care, and yet we don't acknowledge them. We tell ourselves that we don't know how to love ourselves, and yet all through the day we're doing things that actually reflect self-love. So one, one practice that I integrate, and I don't always remember to do this, and I don't do it every day, but in general is when you're doing something like brushing your teeth, if you're someone who's saying, I don't know how to love myself, start here, it's super basic. When you're brushing your teeth, take a moment to just acknowledge the fact that this is you in this moment, caring for yourself and loving yourself. When you're preparing that meal that tastes delicious and maybe fortifies your body, acknowledge it. Don't take it for granted. And what that does is one, it 
It's hard for our minds to continuously tell us we have no idea how to love ourselves when we're taking moments to acknowledge the fact that we are. And then because everything is energy here and energy does build on itself, it creates momentum. When we're taking moments out of our day to acknowledge how we're loving ourselves, it automatically creates a greater possibility that we're going to show up for ourselves in a more loving way as the day progresses and as the week progresses. So that's that's a very basic way to get in in alignment with self-love. Well, and I I also am aware that you need to be present. Um, so many people move so fast through life. And I was I had this imagery, you know, I was very visual, right? And I had this imagery of what is the difference between, okay, say you have a baby and and you're busy and you're like, oh, just hold the bottle in its mouth and do this on my computer, right? Or I think I'll take this baby and I'll hold it and I'll love it and I'll give it that love and I'll feed it and bathe it and take care of it. And in the same way, can yeah. we do that for ourselves and tenderly care for ourselves or cherish ourselves or something, right? Yeah. And yet the answer to that question you just posed is yes, absolutely. And even yeah. if we haven't up until this moment, what excites me so much about Life in general is just understanding that it is always what we do from this moment on that matters the most. So it's not that it's irrelevant how you've lived your life until this moment, but it kind of is irrelevant because <laughs> right now is where all of your power lives. So if you want to change, shift, deepen the relationship you have with yourself, Ask yourself right now, what can I do in this moment and moving forward that's going to create for me a deeper relationship with who I am? And for me, it all starts with willingness. If you can't honestly say in this moment that you love yourself, can you honestly say that you're willing to love yourself? Because even that willingness is a reflection of self-love. That is you loving yourself as much as you are able in the moment. And all of these things matter. For me, it's all money in the bank. And if you have a willingness and you have a commitment in terms of the choices you're making or considering making, that's what it takes. I see self-love as a skill. And like all skills, with practice, you get better. It is the only possibility. That's my experience of it. And I, I say that from as a person who loves himself more than he ever has, which doesn't mean I don't still have a self-abusive mind. It doesn't mean I can't mire in those fearful, insecure places. It means that I don't stay there as long as I used to. And even when I'm there, I feel like my self-love muscle is so well built now that there's always a voice inside that is reminding me, that's okay, honey. You're, you're still beautiful. You're human. Your mind is spinning out right now. And that is part of this lived experience. But you are still worthy and you're still enough as you are. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank that, you. That, that was so perfect. I should just clip that out enough as you are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you've worked on that. Yeah. We're going to actually take a station break and what an amazing, wonderful conversation. I'm enjoying it very, very much. My guest today, Thank Scott Stabile, uh, his new book, Enough As You Are. Obviously, we're talking about love. Don't go away. Uh, we'll be right back. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. 
When you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, you just want to feel better. Steroids help get my symptoms under control, but they come with problems and long-term risks. I need to look out for my future health. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation changed everything. They encouraged me to take action and even helped me find a specialist. We now have a plan that works for today and tomorrow. Don't put off finding an answer. Spill your guts. Learn more at spillyourguts.org. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Woohoo! That's a perfect song, Betty. You're just the best. That is right. Yeah, what's love got to do with it? Exactly. Anyway, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show with my guest, Scott Stabile. And I am Loretta Brown. You can, uh, a, a reminder that you can listen to the show. You can download it for free at the archives for the original Loretta Brown show at KKNW, 1150 AM. We're also on Podcast One, iTunes, uh, Megaphone X, YouTube. I'm sure I left something out. And uh, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Go back, listen to all kinds of other things. So Scott Stabile is the author of Enough As You Are, and he is a love activist. Yes? Okay. Yes, I love it. <laughs> As are you, dearly. <laughs> Thank you. I am, yes. Thank you. I feel so much better now. Thank you. It takes one to see one. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask this question. Were you always a loving person even as a little as a child as a as a boy and i know you also have a traumatic history you know with your parents um sure being murdered when you were i think 14. right yeah yeah, yeah i mean honestly I, I my memories of myself as a little kid was a very very compassionate little kid always you know very, very loving would get very uncomfortable if anyone was getting in any way picked on in school or, you know, by teachers or students or anything. So I definitely came into this world with a pretty open heart, you know, and uh, yeah. And then, you know, lost my parents at 14, which um, was obviously very traumatic and life altering (laughs) in every possible way. And, you know, I've, I've been asked several times if, if that experience, if I believe that that experience is what led me to be the person I am today. And the honest answer to that is I have no idea, right? Like we, we are where we are because of all of our lived experiences. There's a journey that's happening and I have, but I, I do remember myself as a very loving kid. So I can't say for sure I wouldn't have landed in the love space anyway yeah you know. I, i'm I'm kind of sitting with that um actually the one of the reasons i asked that question is because the whole time you've been talking i feel this energy flowing between us there's a there's a something there and i remember as a child i came in very loving and very kind and anytime i ran across something that was harsh you know like when like bullying is a very difficult thing for me to deal with or un, if something's unjust, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've got this sense of fairness or something like, sure. you know, that's not how we do that. Like it's just hardwired in me. Um, but I would go through things and then I would figure out how to be kinder to other people or more loving to other people. I didn't want it to happen to them. And that I think, you know, because I'm thinking about the murder of your parents, which is a terrible thing. Um, I do understand you had a, a large family. Yeah. And the, yeah. that you've gone through, like all of us, you've gone through many other things. I think these things shape us. They do mold us at some level. And perhaps there's some sort of understanding that comes out of that. It's really a question to you. I mean, I think that deep compassion is born from trauma or can be if you open your heart to it, right? Like those of us who, uh, and, and here's the thing, and you you kind of spoke to this, is that I my experience might be a little more dramatic or that aspect of my my past than 
perhaps many people's, but we all experience trauma. Like if you are a human who's made it to adulthood, I can assure you that you have plenty from your childhood to call on that is informing how you're showing up in perhaps more reactionary ways, less healthy ways, more fearful ways. Like I see all of our triggers as when I'm getting triggered by something, I'm more aware than ever. It is not me, Scott, right now getting triggered. It is a younger version of me getting triggered in this moment because of what that younger boy went through and how he might have felt unloved or unseen or hurt in specific ways. So I feel like we all can relate to that, right? It's It can be one, it could be a, one statement someone in your family made to you as a young child that you're too much or, you know, you're too needy. And we hold on to these statements and we shut some part of ourselves yeah. off yeah. because we, we were told this by someone we love and then we come to believe it about ourselves. And because at, at a young age, even as an adult, most people don't understand that how people are perceiving you is being filtered through their entire experience of their own lives in that moment. And it has very little to do with who you are. We're always projecting on one another. Right. Like and we're always experiencing one another through our own experience of life. But we don't realize that, especially as kids. So we internalize these judgments or these criticisms and we we accommodate them as we move through our lives by shutting ourselves down, by living in that conditioned space instead of that more authentic space, which is inviting us to be more open, more free, you know, more resonant with love, with our hearts, with source, with all of it. So that's the journey. And I feel like it's a lifetime journey, Loretta. You know, I don't, I don't expect, I would look, I was chasing enlightenment for many years of my life. That was my, all I wanted was to become enlightened until I realized that you don't achieve enlightenment. Like that is not how it works. And I was making myself miserable because I was continuously judging myself against the more enlightened version of myself that didn't even wow. exist, yeah. <laughs> right? And we're and I feel like uh, we spiritual folks are doing that disservice to ourselves so often. We want to be more evolved than we see ourselves. So we're constantly shaming ourselves against a more evolved version that is fiction instead of as much as possible bringing more acceptance and love and kindness to who we are and where we are right now. And for me, that has served me so well and has, has been a, a path to more peace in my life to just reminding myself, hey, honey, where you are right now is enough. You are okay. You are beautiful and you are entirely human. Everything you are experiencing yeah. is an aspect of this humanity or you wouldn't be experiencing it. You do not need to shame yourself for any of it. Shame, you cannot shame yourself into a healed place, but you can love yourself into a more healed place. I love that. I was, uh, looking through you know you're in your book you know it's it's a combination of i don't know if i'd call it prose or or poetry short or prose. thoughts yeah. short prose yeah. and i really encourage everyone to get it enough as you are i uh, it's one of those things that for me um you could just read one page and sometimes there's just a short little thing on there and it's like oh yeah yeah that's yeah. it right i need to sit with that and just be with that and and um, um, I was kind of playing around with it, like, what if I just flip it open and see what it says yeah. to me? I love doing that, right? Me too. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping people would treat it that way. Yeah, so I was doing that, and I was, I was flipping through right, pages right now because I printed some things out, but I can't find it. And you have a, a page that popped up, and it said something like, um, I won't have it exactly the way you've written it, but it's like, you, you know, it's not all about you. And isn't that great? Or isn't that okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? And I, yeah, I think it was not everything's about you. In fact, most things aren't. What a relief, right? Yes, that's <laughs> the one. Thank you for knowing what it was. And uh, I was thinking that while you were talking, because we do, we get so caught up, like, oh, my goodness, whatever that person is saying or doing, it's about me. You know, like, I've done yeah. something wrong, or I'm not good enough, or like you said earlier, um, the voices in your head that actually beat you up. And, you know, you, you talked about 
how you have enough inner strength or enough self-love that you now have voices that say, you know, honey, you're okay. You know, so you've developed that, that ability. Yeah. yeah. With practice and with commitment and, and also with a, with the growing understanding that our mind is so often lying to us and, and we mistakenly take on the thoughts of our mind as who we are. We define ourselves by what our mind is doing instead of understanding that we are not our mind and we are not our thoughts. And what I practice it more, more often now is really just playing witness, bearing witness to what's happening in my head without internalizing it. Becoming the, the spiritual metaphor I've heard often that I love so much is becoming the sky and allowing your thoughts to be the weather or the clouds. Like they're just moving through the sky. But when you're living in the expansiveness of your true energetic body, you are the sky, which means that whatever's happening within you does not disturb you you're able to hold it all and still maintain your peace. And that is what is possible with our mind. Like we can be the audience and let the mind's crazy dance be the play or the movie, but you're, you don't have to become it, just witness it. And, and this is not an easy practice. I say it like it's the most simple thing to do, but yeah. with practice, it becomes easier. And, and, and I, if we can just remind ourselves to do it, wait a minute, all of this insanity running through my mind, it is not me. It is just a human mind doing what all human minds do. It doesn't define me. The part of me that is able to bear witness to it tells me that I am not my mind or there would not be a part of me that's able to witness my mind. And in that place, the one who's bearing witness, there is just a, an ocean of peace. No. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I'm being with the practice of this, right? Absolutely. It's all a practice. It's a practice. And but it's so, available to us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the observing of the self, the observing of the mind. Like, where, what is the mind thinking? Where am I going with this? Can I just observe that? And can I shift it? Yeah. Absolutely. And Loretta, what I'm finding is if if we choose to, we can make this relationship less heavy than I know it is for most of us, because I know how heavy it's been for me. It's like I am playing with approaching my mind with more curiosity and more nonchalance, which for me looks oh, like when curiosity. my mind is doing its crazy dance and trying to tell me I'm worthless and it's doing that whole self-abusive thing it does. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. That's fascinating that my mind is doing that right now. And what that energetically does is it creates some distance. It creates some detachment. It plays into this idea that I'm just witnessing it. That's my mind doing what it does. All human minds do it, right? Yeah. So in your book, you have yeah. the book divided into three sections, which is you, me, and us. Yes. Um, so explain to us what those three sections, what they focus on. I will. And then if you're, if you're game and if you feel we have time, I love to do this. Like if you have, if you want to just tune in and call out a couple page numbers, I'll, I'll read you what's on that page ah, and we'll, we'll play like that. If I that would, feels good to you. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, remind me how many pages there are, 250. It, it would be between number two and 219. Okay. I would love to do that. Yeah, let's do okay, it. Cool. Okay, cool. So there's three sections. You is like, they're all second person. The, all the pieces are written to you. And that section's got more of a cheerleading vibe. Like, remember, you're beautiful. You're enough. The me section is, they're all first person, like I, blah, blah, blah. And that's a bit, they're a bit more self-reflective, like looking at the parts that are difficult to like and remembering we can still shine love on those aspects of who we are as well. And the us section is the we, it's the collective. It's like a call to action. Like what kind of world do we want to live in and how can we make that possible? Roughly, I love that's how the sections it. I love play it. out. Yeah, I love so it. So pick a, pick a number. Woohoo! I love it. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, the first number is 27. 27. Ah, I'm happy I get to read this to you actually. Oh. I see you. I see your strength and courage, your hesitations and fears. I see the way you love others 
and your struggle to love yourself. I see how hard you work to grow and your dedication to heal. I see your vulnerable humanity and your transcendent divinity. You are beautiful, my friend, and so very worthy, just as you are. I see you, and I love what I see. Oh, thank you. That was so yeah. perfect. Wow, yeah, I love I brought that tears with you. to my eyes. Yeah, thank you. It's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. All right, the next number 56. Yes. 56. <laughs> All right. This is Let's fun. See. Cool. I love doing it this I, way. That's I how too. I did for the 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 launch event here. I was oh, I'm just like, okay, uh, members of the crowd, pull out a number that you feel called to say and that's how what we were doing. Okay. 56. People can't read your mind, not even those closest to you. No matter how sensitive you think someone is or should be, they can't always know what you need or how you're feeling unless you tell them. It's up to you to communicate what's going on with you. I just shared that, I think, yesterday wow. on social media. It's funny you picked that one. That's interesting. I, I love it. Um, these are very, um, like I said, there's something about it. And they're magical. They're very thought, but they're thoughtful and loving. I really like it. Okay. Thank you. Let's keep going, shall we? Yeah, I'm game to keep okay. going as long as you want. We got to do page 111, of course. Okay. Because <laughs> it's 111. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this is good. <laughs> it's fun for me, too, because I don't know. I don't have these pages yeah, memorized yeah, and what's on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, this has a swear word in it. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Please you know, don't miss. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please don't mistake my commitment to being a kind and loving person as any sort of willingness to put up with bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that is the uh, mantra for today for sure. Because <laughs> we're planting new seeds, and we are going no. We, yeah, we do exactly. not comply with that. We're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so since we did 111, we've got to do 11. Okay. Okay. And make you go so back and forth a bit. Yeah. It's great. Okay. Oh, 11's a short one. All right. The norm is no place for a beautiful freak like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. That couldn't be more appropriate. All right. I know. So, I want. I wanted to title a book. I wanted that to be a book title at one point, but it's a little long. <laughs> I love it. Um, since we are in an eight year, let's do eighty eight. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Eighty eight. Okay. In the course of one day, even one hour. I can waver between feeling deeply connected to the work I'm doing and the why behind it and feeling like I have no idea why I'm here and what the point of anything is anyway. It's hard to look at a world that seems to be imploding in countless ways and feel connected to any clear purpose within the implosion. I find my mind asking, what's the point a lot of the time? What I come back to when I'm not lost in terror and hopelessness is the same thing I always come back to in my clarity. Just love. That's the point, at least for me, at least in this lifetime. Whether I see the world as deteriorating or flourishing, the point is to offer it my love, offer myself and others my love. Every single time I center back in love, it awakens something within me. It brings me back to myself. It carries me home. I have to tell you, that's just so appropriate. That's so appropriate. Yeah. yeah for what we've been talking about today. Absolutely. And for yeah. the world in general. <laughs> and, yeah. And for the year ahead. Yeah. And for the desires of our heart that the world become a more loving place. Right? Yeah. A more loving place. Do yeah. we have time for one more? Let's do one more. Sure. Um, 
73. <laughs> <laughs> I love how excited you get. Woohoo, come on! Lucky sevens! <laughs> this is, this is to what we spoke about too. I look around and see so much fear. People getting more and more comfortable with their hate, more at ease being mean, more united in their division. And I think, no, not me. I will not get lost in this fearful world. I will not play with bullies. I will continue to be brave and kind. I will speak for empathy and compassion. And no matter what, I will never stop loving. Oh, my. Wow. It's a good way to end it. That is, that is a good way to end it. Well, that I just um, love that so, so much. Um, I'm going to let you choose one, and that will be the last one, right? We'll I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to uh -huh. flip through the book and just see where it lands. Okay. At some point, if we just keep moving forward, the steps begin to take themselves. Yes, for sure. <laughs> wow, Scott, I just, they're just so great. So on your um, uh, social media. Yeah. Um, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I want to make sure. Oh, yeah, sorry, I want to make sure people can find you. And, um, so tell yeah, me if you just Google, you. you yeah. can Google me, you know, Scott Stabile and a website, scottstabile.com and then Facebook, Instagram. I have a newsletter called bigger love that I put out through Substack. You can find that. Um, I'm holding a, a really exciting retreat with my dear friend David Gandelman in Bali in May. If you can make it to Bali, come. We're going to be doing meditation, breath work, and lots of self-reflection. Come join us, Loretta. Come oh, to that Bali. would be so fun. I'd love to come to Bali. <laughs> yeah. Go to Bali. So you you do breath work. Uh, tell us. A yeah, I guide breath that. work weekly. It's this transformational breath work practice. It's one of the the tools I love the most for really moving stuck energy out of our body and connecting us to spirit, like connecting us to that real, real heart centered love within and that peacefulness within. So yeah, you'll, if you find me online, you'll, I, I announce all these things. I'm, I'm easy to find, I think. So very quickly in the last minute or so, um, yeah. <clears throat> envision a world of big love for me. Talk mm. to that. Yeah. What that looks like? Yes. The first thing that came to me is just people being courageous enough to look at themselves honestly, to move beyond their conditioning and stay committed to loving themselves no matter what. And then understanding that love always transcends self. So by any energy you're putting in to deepening your relationship with yourself will always 100% of the time be of service to everyone in your life and to our world in general. That is how we create a more loving world. It has to start from within. It has to start with you. We have to live into the example we want to see in this world. If you want more love, then it is up to you to be an expression of it. And then you will you will ignite that in others. We, we, I believe, affect others by our example, not by the words we're spouting as much as how we're living into those words, how we're setting the example of what we want to see. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. My guest today, Scott Sabil, enough as you are and to you, my dear, dear soul, brother. Oh, Lots thank of love. You so much, big love. love to you. Big, big love, love to everybody. You, thank you so much. Yes. And thank you for being here on the 111 portal. Woohoo! Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. And uh, everybody have a great week. Enjoy the new moon. And Benny, you're the best. <laughs>